Welcome to Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental illnesses to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. Welcome to another episode of Resilient Minds 365, everyone. I am your host, Cleone Crawford. I'm really looking forward to today's guest. Today, we have a special guest. His name is Sylvester Jenkins. Who is Sylvester Jenkins? Well, Sylvester Jenkins is a native of Columbus, Georgia. He's a combat veteran, an author, a mental health advocate, and motivational speaker with four tours in Iraq and one tour in Afghanistan. He is a retired first sergeant with 21 years of military service in the US Army. He has accomplished measurable results under extreme pressure while leading teams of multiple personnel in dynamic, fast-paced, and hostile environments. He's a recipient of multiple rewards for outstanding performance and professionalism. He completed the Master Resilience Training course from the Leader Development Division and the University of Pennsylvania. Sylvester is a member of the National Society of Leadership and Success. He graduated from Columbus Southern University, where he received his Bachelor of Science in Organizational Leadership. He is a certified, he is certified in advanced leadership, executive leadership, and youth mental health first aid. Sylvester self-published the books, A Quick Cure to Success, Successful Leadership, Winning the Battle Within, and The Compass. He's a motivational speaker who has empowered thousands of people by helping them reach their goals, both personally and professionally. More information about Sylvester can be found on his website at sylvesterjenkins.com. With that said, I now present to you Sylvester Jenkins. Sylvester, how are you today? I'm phenomenal, how are you doing? I'm doing good, I'm doing good, I can't complain, you know? You know, it's a really good day, beautiful, Beautiful sunny day, so yeah, can't complain. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell us a bit more about your profession, what you do, how you um, tell us about the army, tell us about um, what you're currently doing, everything that you're doing right now. Absolutely. So uh, I'm a, a, a self-published author. I've just written my uh, three books currently. Uh, what I do is uh, I'm a adversity and resilient speaker. Uh, I speak to the next generation on how they, they can become resilient leaders that triumph and succeed in life. I teach them how to turn their stress into success and turn their obstacles into opportunities. Uh, I mostly speak to um, colleges and high schools to just try and just give them a better sense of hope, just dealing with everything that's going on in the world currently. Cool, cool. So tell us, you, you were in the Army. Um, what made you decide to join the Army in the past, and how was that? Uh, yeah, so I joined the military. It wasn't due to uh, what most people do as far as just, like, serving their country, but I always knew the military had some sense of structure, and they always mm-hmm. provided a way of purpose. Uh, as a child, I grew up in a single-parent home, gang and drug-infested neighborhood, 
uh, I had multiple failures while I was in school. I failed uh, fourth grade, sixth grade, eighth grade, 10th grade, 12th grade, and also had to go to summer school multiple times. Uh, but in the, in the situation of all these things going on, I had an incident in my English class my senior year where I had to uh, take a big test. And during the time frame of taking this test, you know, I got real nervous and everything, uh, mostly because this was the deciding factor on if I would graduate on time or not. And uh, mm -hmm. my teacher called me out into the hallway. And when she called me out into the hallway, she told me that I didn't pass the test, that I didn't have what it takes, and that I wasn't college material. Right there, a light bulb went off. So uh, going home from school that day, I had to break the bad news to my mom. And when I told my mom about the situation, uh, you know, I got a lump in my throat. I put my head down and the tears started rolling mm -hmm. down my face because I felt like I truly had let her down because my mother, she never graduated high school. She had got pregnant when she was 16 and had to drop out. So education for her boys was like big on her. So I felt like I truly let her down. So I wanted to make it up in a sense to let her know that her work didn't go unjustified. So, mm. you know, when it came to graduating from summer school, the next thing you know, recruiters are all around from different uh, branches of the military. And um, next thing you know, I got involved with uh, the Army, uh, Army recruiter. And he was telling me all the benefits behind it and everything that, uh, that I can amount the time of going through that so I decided to join the military and along my journey in the military uh, I never considered myself to be a leader I always considered myself to be a follower that transitioned into a manager and um, it wasn't until my third deployment to Iraq that I realized the obligation had been bestowed upon me as a leader and mm -hmm. um, as we was getting ready to board the plane this is how it happened we was getting ready to board the plane and um uh, before we got that, uh, before we got on, we get one hour to spend with our families. And um, one of the soldiers that was in my squad, he introduced me to his family, his wife, his kids, his mother, and his father. And he just speaking all these great things about me. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. wow, you know, I, I didn't think I had that much impact or influence on anybody. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. in the process of that happening, his mother took me on my shirt and she pulled me to the side. And she told me to please take care of my son and to bring him back home safe. And yeah. for someone outside of my family to have that much trust in me, to have that much confidence in me, it just lit a fire in me. And I just knew then that this is what I need to really dive into. I made a true decision that I was going to shift my whole paradigm from where I was at to becoming this leader that people, you know, needed that people wanted, you know, that I had to be as far as being in the military. And um, just that was, um, I think that was in like 2005 when that happened. And just ever since then, I've just been trying to figure out whatever it took in order to become better, not only for myself, but the soldier that was up under me. So I can provide them the best knowledge and, and wisdom in order to make sure that they succeed. Because the number one responsibility as leaders is to turn followers into leaders. So. Mm -hmm. Um, just going through those motions, but along that journey, you know, I endured a lot of hardships, a lot of failures, a lot of struggles, and also multiple sacrifices, you know, being separated from your family and just going through, uh, I experienced divorce. I experienced, um, just, uh, drugs and alcohol. It was so many things, man, but it was, it was, it was a long journey to get to where I am today. And it was just, uh, all because I'm able to be here today because of one thing. 
and that's because I made a decision. Okay, okay, that's awesome, that's awesome. So we are gonna dive right into the interview um, about mental health now. So tell us, what is your mental health diagnosis and when were you diagnosed? So I was uh, diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Um, it, I, I was diagnosed with this in 2019 after I was uh, going through my transition from the military. Uh, you know, multiple combat experiences, also dealing with multiple hardships throughout my life. All those things, I never really seek mental health throughout the process of any of these things that I was experiencing and going through. I always just bottled it up. And uh, one day it came to a complete eruption. And um, I was deployed during the time frame of this situation happening. And what happened was uh, I was on a deployment and I was just already going through a lot of hardship due to the fact of my organization. We was all over the place. And then, you know, I had multiple soldiers. I had 160 soldiers up under me during that time. And um, just going through the motions of just dealing with their health and welfare and then all the issues that they had going on. I also had my personal issues going on, dealing with uh, marital issues and also just being separated from my family in general. But then one day uh, I got a phone call letting me know that my mother, uh, who had suffered from stage four uh, uh kidney failure had uh, passed and then the process of me experiencing that hearing that and then everything else that I was dealing with and then everything I dealt with in the past that I never really took the opportunity to speak about I just, it just erupted and um, I had sleep insomnia I couldn't go to sleep I didn't go to sleep for like uh, almost three days and then the process wow. of happened I still had to be in front of soldiers. I still had to lead my organization. So it was like, you know, one thing after another. I just felt like I had multiple boulders on my shoulder and I went into a sunken place. And during the time of me going through this sunken place, I was just thinking about all the negative things that I was going through, all the negative things that happened to me in the past. And I got to a point where I was even contemplating suicide because I felt like I can just end it all now. I won't have to deal with this ever again. I, you know, I have an opportunity to possibly be with my mother again. I won't have to worry about, you know, all the issues that's going on in my organization. But then something said, hey, uh, try to seek help. You know, it was like a last resort. And so I went down to the uh, the behavioral help that they had on the, on the base, on the fog. And when I went down there, I was already like had this anxiety kick in. So I like pretty much kicked down the door and I said, I need help right now. I said, I need assistance. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the process of that happening, it was like, whoa, calm down. Hey, what's going on? You know, tell us what's happening. And mm -hmm. I was like, I don't care what you got. I just need some assistance right now. I haven't slept in the past two days. I need some treatment. And so it was like, whoa, hey, we got to pull your medical records. We got to see where you at. Like, what's going on? You know, sit down. What's going on? Calm down. And so in the process of me doing that, I they had already prescribed me Zoloft from previous issues that I had before. So I was mm -hmm. already on some type of medication for the anxiety. And um, it was like, hey, this is what we need you to do. We need you to tell us everything that you got going on and um, why you feel the way that you do. So in the process of me doing it, I realized that there's only certain things that I could control. That was uh, I realized that even Superman had to be Clark Kent sometimes. Right. He couldn't save the world. He couldn't save everybody. Sometimes you have to take the opportunity to just be human and just let yourself go. 
And when I say let yourself go, I mean just like expressing everything that you got going on. And uh, at that time, I started to release a lot of things that I had just from my past all the way up to that current issue at that moment. And then the next thing, you know, that's when uh, my paradigm truly shifted. I was like, um, I know I still have a purpose if I'm able to wake up the following day. I know I still have an opportunity to be the best version of myself. And I said, although I had hit rock bottom or what I considered to be rock bottom, I have two choices in this matter. I can either stay down and continue to have this pity party or I can get up and stand up and be the man that I should be. And I chose to stand up. And when I stood up, it was just like a whole new world for me. Everything changed. My whole aspect on life changed. And it happened due to the fact that I changed my thoughts. And that's when it, it clicked in my head. Like um, all this stuff happened during my period of deployment. But as things slowly came about and we transitioned, I noticed that um, I was able to pick up on skills and techniques. I was, I was able to talk more about my life experiences and it propelled me to write a book called Winning the Battle Within because mm -hmm. the biggest enemy that we'll ever face in life is our enemy, our minds. Right. That's where it all lies at as far as the things that we go through and the decision that we make. So uh, in the process, that's, that's, that's what happened along the journey and um, just so happened once I had wrote this book, there were people that picked up on it and uh, I wanted to continue to just uh, hit people or help people to grow through the situation that they are going through. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we go through the situations, but we don't grow through the situation. We keep it suppressed so long to the point that once we get to a certain uh, uh, level in our lives, that that's when it's all come out. But if we have something or tool or resource that's able to point us in the right direction of where we need to go, then mm -hmm. I think we can uh, eliminate a lot of things that we might experience in the process. So those are the things that I experienced while I was in the military. That was just one. I have multiple. I call it the uh, the BS, embracing the BS. because and I, don't, and I don't mean BS is like what most people think. I call it the beautiful struggle. Because right. when you embrace the beautiful struggle that you go through, it gives you an opportunity to become better than where you are. It reveals your character. It reveals the strength that you really, you know, had tucked inside. That small person that's always been there from jump is of the person that has always been able to point you in the right direction, to guide you, has always been inside you. So I call it embracing the beautiful struggle because that's when you actually grow. The, the adversity that you face to me is the fuel of the greatness. Right. Cool. Cool. So tell us, um, what did you have to do to overcome or bounce back from your lowest points? List all the resources. What, 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 what helped you? So um, what helped me was the fact that, um, like I said, my paradigm shift and I shifted my whole focus in my mind. So mm -hmm. I started eliminating a lot of the bad things that I had in my life the drugs, the alcohol, I eliminated friends. Um, I only hang out with quality people now. Also, then I started feeding my mind with other positive things. You know, your mind is like a garden. And if yes. you put it with negativity, 
weeds will grow. But if you water it with positivity, the flowers, the trees, everything will grow to a point where it reflects air. I mean, it, it reflect not only on the inside, but it, but your outside as well. And I started doing a multi, uh, I started getting more engaged in physical fitness. I got a um, thing called the four canteens of life. And so everybody body is made up of majority of water, right? And in the process of your body being made of majority of water, you have to hydrate yourself. So I call these four canteens, the mental, the physical, the emotional, I mean, the mental, the physical, the spiritual, and the social. Those are the four canteens of life. So your body is like a canteen, I mean, an empty pitcher of water, right? And in the process, you deal with stress on multiple occasions, which can dehydrate you. It can prevent you from doing things that you would love to do most because you get in a sunken place to the point where you just become lazy, you become groggy, you become disappointed, you become, uh, it causes anxiety, depression, all these multiple things that can dehydrate you and prevent you from living life. All you'll be doing is surviving. But as you drink out of these canteens, you'll mm -hmm. slowly hydrate yourself to be in a better place of where you should be. So the, when I talk about the mental aspect of the canteen, I'm talking about just making sure you're paying attention to what you're saying, making sure that you are, are around quality people that's going to inspire you and propel you and help you go to that next level and watching things that are positive, not watching all these negative things on TV. I feel like me personally, that the news is one of the most negative things that people can view on a daily basis because they only mm -hmm. looks at they only look at the negative things and continue to imp, uh, propel fear into people. So I, I, I stopped watching the news. I stopped hanging around people because sometimes you got to separate in order to elevate. And then when, right. I'm, and, and when I'm talking about the physical aspects, I'm talking about actually, you know, doing, doing working out, taking a walk, uh, aerobics, or uh, weightlifting, all these things. You got like YouTube is one of the greatest resources for anything that you look for on how to do things. And if you want to learn how to work out, just type it in the search box on YouTube. That's all you got to do. How do I work out? And they go show you all these multiple videos of these people doing all kind of at-home workouts. So physical is the next one. That's the next canteen you drink out of. And then you got the spiritual. I, now I'm a religious person. I'm a Christian, so I, I deep uh, I dive deep into the to the Bible myself, and so I do devotions, prayer, and then also just you know reading scripture itself. Uh, now, but in the process, if you're not religious, you still have yoga, you still have meditation, you still have those things that can uh, put you in that realm of having a spiritual foundation, and then mm -hmm. also you have the social. Now, when I say quality people. Now you got loved ones, friends, family, who actually, you know, uh, think you're a great example, who who wants the best for you, who like continue to try and just make sure that you have a resource to just release all these things that you got in your life. I know my mother was a, a, a true social canteen for me. Whenever I find myself down and out, I call my mom and I can sit mm -hmm. there and just talk to her for hours and she'll make me feel so loved and to the point where I was like, okay, I can get back to it. So with these four canteens, you can actually experience and live life. And if you, you, you really don't, you really can go without all four, but you'll only sustain yourself. But if you involve all four in your life, it can prepare you to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. I really like those, um, the four canteens. 
the spiritual, the social, the um, physical, and the spiritual, I believe. I, I, no, what's the other? mental, mental, most important, definitely, definitely. Very cool. I really love it. So my next question to you are, what are three things you wish you had available when you were at your lowest point? Uh, three things that I had available to me at my lowest point, nothing. No, wish that, that you wish you had available. That I wish so, I had available. Oh, I just wish I had just uh, just realized I had the right mindset, a winning attitude, and, and, and just made the decision to take action. Those three things, I, I just feel like I can't control everything that goes on in this world. You can't control the coronavirus, right? You can't control right. where you grew up at, right? You can't control certain aspects that goes on in your life, but you can't control that one individual, and that's yourself. And how do you do that? By taking control of those three things that I spoke about, your mind, your attitude, and the, and the steps that you take, the actions that you take. That's mm -hmm. three things that I wish I had new then because I was on autopilot. I never took the time to just really dive deep into those three things. I was just going with the motions. I was like a robot. So if I knew those three things before, I would have, you know, went to a whole nother aspect of my life and probably would have been like, like on a, a level like Tony Robbins or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Then my next question to you is, as a man of color um, with a mental health challenge, yes. how, how was that reaching out for help? Wow, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. That is a phenomenal question. And uh, it was very challenging. It was very challenging to the point where my pride got into the way a lot of times. And I say mm -hmm. that because, like I said before, I grew up in a single parent home. Um, my mother had her aspects, so she never really knew what it took in order to raise men. So she was raising them by what she knew and what she thought, which uh, no, no, uh, no judgment against her. But in the, in the aspects of that, you know, men are not supposed to cry. Men are not supposed to show emotions or anything like that. But then just being a man of color in the process of that happening, we already have this stigma about how we should be hard and stern just to be uh, very, uh, what's, I can't think of the word for it at the moment, but we, we should be um, a figure and, and not allow anything that we experience and go through prevent us from doing certain things. So you bottle mm -hmm. that up. And then to be able to express that to uh, another man of color or just anyone in general, uh, it, it plays with your mind. It plays with your mind to the point that, you know, you still had this stigma that, like, I would be judged behind me saying that, hey, I'm dealing with an issue. It's, instead of me going around here and trying to be like I'm Superman and I got it all together, which I actually don't, it's difficult to have those conversations because you have a fear of being judged in any capacity, whether I'm talking to one of my friends or if I'm going to a job where I'm like the only uh, uh, man of color in a higher position, it's just gonna feel like there's some type of stigma that you're being judged. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. I mean, it can be very challenging as, you know, to reach, to, just to, to go out and reach out for help um, because people, you're expected to act a certain way. Right. And if you, if you don't act that way, it's like you will be judged right. um, for, for, what you're, for what you're doing, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so my next question to you is, um, what words of hope can you give to our listeners? What would you tell to someone who's going through a mental health challenge? What would you tell them? Oh man, that's, that's another good question. But uh, I would tell them that even broken crayons still color. And Love I it. Say, yeah, even broken crayons still color. And I say that because regardless of how you might feel at that moment in time, you still have a purpose. You still have value. Uh, I would tell them that to not give up. Don't give up in anything that you're going through right now. Grow through the situation and be who you truly are created to be because everyone was created on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose. So I just want to tell the viewers or anybody that's listening that you, if you're a broken crayon, you still can't color. Love that. I love that. I might use that one day. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so normally... um. I, on my virtual background, you'll see a book, this book here, The Music of My Life. So we're going to switch topics right now. Okay. Basically, uh, we're going to talk about music therapy a little bit. Okay. Just to, just to kind of see exactly where your head is at musically. Um, so I wrote a book um, called The Music of My Life, which is about my journey with mental health and music therapy. So my question to you is what type of music do you like? Uh, so, I like a wide array of music. I'll be honest with you. I listen to country. Okay. I listen to uh, hip hop. I listen to R and B. I listen to classical. I listen to rock. I I I listen to a wide array of music. Wow, you're eclectic. Yes, very much so. Okay, okay. And so, if you were to think of a song that best describes your journey, what would it be, and why? And uh. The best. Oh, so that's that's another great question. You coming with them today? <laughs> uh, so my song would be uh, Andy Minio, "You Can't Stop Me." And okay. I know Andy Minio. I haven't oh, heard that okay. song though. Okay, Is, he got a song out called "You Can't Stop Me," and he mostly speaking about his mind. So he's going mm. on a versus battle with his mind and himself, and he's going through the motions of saying how, you know, although you might do these things or although I might think or have these thoughts, you can't stop me from being the greatest person I am today. You can't stop Love me from, being from getting from point A to point B. So yeah, Andy Minio, you can't stop me. That's like my theme song, to be honest with you. Okay, I love that. I love that. You can't stop me. I'm going to look that up on, on, on Apple Music. Definitely, for sure. So, um... Sylvester, how can we stay in touch with you? What are your social media handles? Yeah, so uh, you just type in the name SylvesterJenkins.com. That's my website. On uh, Instagram is uh, Sylvester Jenkins uh, the third, uh, and then also on on Facebook, same thing, Sylvester Jenkins the third. You type in my name, you'll be able to find me. I promise you. You can Google me. So you said you're on Instagram as well. Yes, ma'am. Okay, awesome. Well, Sylvester, this has been a really great interview. I really enjoyed learning about um, your, your journey and thank you very much for sharing it with us, with our audience. And um, with that said, we are going to wrap this up and to all you resilient minds out there, until next time, please subscribe to us on all our platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Also join the resilient the Community Resilient Minds and sign for our monthly newsletter at cleonycrawford.com. 
Be sure to grab a copy of my book, The Music of My Life, on all Amazon app marketplaces to get to know me better. And if you can think of one person that will receive value from today's show or connect with Sylvester's testimonial, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of today's of, of this week's episode and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at only Cleonia Resilient Minds 365 and today's guest at Sylvester Jenkins, I believe. Yes. Yeah, Sylvester Jen Jenkins. And remember, mental health is not a death sentence. Despite your illness, you can strive, thrive, and live a life of abundance. Until next time, I'm Cleone Crawford, and I'm signing off. Let's <laughs> go.